Welcome to the Chaos Plan, where the odds may not always be in your favor. for joining us for another episode of The Chaos Plan. If you'd like to know more about the show and have an idea of kind of what's going on and where we're at in the world, visit our website where we are currently working on an online campaign guide, which you can find at www.theadventuringguild.com. And if you would like to join the show or become a sponsor and help us make this podcast better, visit our Patreon account. Just search for The Adventuring Guild or our website to find a link. And by subscribing and helping us out, you can not only join our Discord to hear our episodes live, you can also become a member of the show, get some awesome merch, and represent the guild. So thank you very much, and on with the show. It sounds like Virgil, or possibly Virgil and Hope, will be joining, so... So, we, we may actually have to D&D, and I don't know how well that's going to work, but we're going to make it the tip. Well, what we can do... We can take them to the divinities. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly what, what I can... I will conscious enough to BS my way, slash properly, take them through the divinities, get them there, start a Pokemon. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've been asked it like four times. <laughs> Since we might actually be starting up some actual D&D here soon, we're doing a 24-hour... <laughs> How was your sleep? <laughs> it was all right. Okay, good. How was yours? Uh, I will tell you when it happens. <laughs> he, he's saying that in the most polite Canadian F.U. on the planet. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. so we have started the Pokemon thing up again. So we're going to real quick do a flying montage to get you there while while Rhino is still conscious enough to know what Pokemons are. <laughs> I mean, it's getting close. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Mom, copyrights. They're copyrights. They're spirits. They're not spirits. Pokemons. They're not Digimon. They're not Digimon. <laughs> and he's gonna get slapped before this is over with. Uh, we're gonna have the first act of violence from a Canadian to American ever come. Like <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Virgil, you were in Tulsa uh, during uh, your downtime days. Would you have come back on that 30th of planting, or did you come back a couple days before that? I think I came back on the 30th. Alright, so you came back on the 30th, you got. Uh, yes? Well, what are the chances that either one of the. That, that, that either Hope or Virgil would join Klein in his mission to Chicago. In order to not throw this into paradox, my guess is no. <laughs> okay. Unless you want to run this entire thing with Klein on his <laughs> downtime days and arc this tour, the frozen asshole of the verses. Um, so, yeah. So you uh, ended up doing everything that you could at Tall and Arth, and you come back on the 30th of planting. planting you got back to the Fighters Guild. Uh, you know, fired up the forge again, got back into the, the swing of things with the hammer, and uh, 
then called it a night. Yeah, thank you. I still have one or two left, and that's it. Um, and so you uh, uh, went to sleep. At midnight, an unbelievable roar and ringing of the alarm bells and the Fighters Guild leaders are all up calling to people to get up, to get moving. Something is happening and going on. Um, you get up, you do your thing, and we'll actually, uh, when you just want to kill stuff and have a good time, we will actually work through what happened on your segment of the journey. But after a mysterious Kokuri Chronomancer pops out of nowhere and uh, informs you that you have to save the world! And exactly that voice. Pretty much. Um, you are then rocketed with another group of adventurers, uh, probably with Alana and uh, some other NPC add-ons, and you guys are sent out on this journey to protect probably the Fire Islands since you are from Talanarth itself. So you are rocketed to the Fire Islands and you spend the equivalent of what he says is about 20 hours taking care of all the incursions that are happening in Talanarth. At which point the Chronomancer would pop up again and would uh, tell you that you're needed on Divinity Island! Quickly! Some spirits are acting up there! Oh, lewd. Good lord. I'm not even going to click on the link. Yet. <laughs> Don't do it. And so, <laughs> and so you are rocketed off to Divinity's Island, and the only thing that you know about this island is that it is full of spirits, and the gods watch over it directly. Um, other than that, that's basically all you know for a super quick catch-up. Alana, are you prepared to become the very best like no one ever was? Yes. All right. So during your adventure with the Temple of Balance, you were thrown into a group with a strange dwarf individual who apparently is a noble's son or something like that, and you are rocketed to the Fire Islands to help restore the balance because magic there has ripped things apart into so many different ways that that there is no balance there. Magic doesn't operate like it's supposed to, so mages are unable to cast spells. Uh, those that use technology have their machines just broken down into their component scraps and ripped apart. It is absolute chaos. And so you are rocketed to the Fire Islands with this particular surly dwarf, and uh, uh, after that whole battle in the equivalent of about 20 hours, you find out that there are some very strange spirit creatures on Divinity's Island and that more adventurers are being sent there to pull upon the power of these spirits uh, in order to help restore the balance of the world using the physical world and the spiritual world in harmony to create this this perfect balance meld of, of uh, power in order to fight back some of this tide. So then you are rocketed with that same surly dwarf to the Divinity's Island uh, where you both land right on the shore. So. Picking up from there and finishing up my talking, uh, while Rhino was doing his click-clacking, um, the second you step upon the island, a voice rings out in your head, and you hear, No mortal blood shall be spilled upon this plague, and then, or on this island, and then it all kind of goes quiet. Uh, both of you hear it kind of surrounding you and in your head. And the feeling around you is of power and of strength and of victory uh, as the god of war is currently 
the patron deity over this island. There are several other small buildings, including a tavern, uh, a general store, a special spirit healing place that has a very happy nurse behind the counter. Pink, maybe? <laughs> yes, pink hair, 100%. Uh, no, we gotta, we gotta copyright that. So magenta hair. Uh, not like yeah, a magenta. <laughs> I, I, I would go with either Yeah, probably was gonna say Samurai Call or Call of Alright. So, what would you guys do upon landing on this island? Would you talk to some of the locals or would you go through the giant spirit like gate? Uh, the giant, very ornate gate directly on the other side of town? Uh, I'd ask some people about what this place is. Alright, you go to the local tavern type place and you can tell the bartender behind there, uh, and because, well, no, I'm not gonna make up a deal with that. So you can tell that the bartender, uh, that is here is used to questions from travelers and whatnot. And, uh, she says, well, this is the Divinity's Island, and currently there are, uh, we categorize them as right now five generations of spirits out there <laughs> that uh, that can attach themselves to adventurers, and sometimes adventurers spend a great deal of time here on the island, uh, exploring around and and strengthening these spirits, and they can catch several of them, but usually beginners just attach one spirit to them that really resonates with their souls. Um, and, and so once you pass through those gates, you ask permission of whatever deity is currently in charge of the island, which in this case is the uh, deity of war. Uh, you ask their permission to uh, take some spirits or take a spirit under your care, and you pass through, and whichever spirit runs up to you first is the one that resonates the most with your soul, uh, almost as if that one being recognized you're coming to this island and is coming to to lend its power to you. Interesting. So on this note, we'll go ahead and give Hope the chance that she needs to try to decide which of generation one through five. Do you have a link for the Pokedex thing? Pokemon5e.com or and you can get the mobile app right from there. Okay, yes. Ooh, 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 wait. So if you go to Pokemon5e.com, you can scroll down and find the entire list of available Pokemon there. So, um, for the available list, just let me know. It's anything SR one half or or one half or less. And what's the number that they stop at? Five or six fifty or less or something? Six hundred or less? <coughs> the last uh, you're gonna make me look this up, aren't you? Um, it's fine, I can look it up real quick. It's just the correct answer is always the Lily Pub. Uh okay. six forty-nine. 649. So any Pokemon number, if you know the numbers better than the names, 649 and down is available, basically. Well, let's see our half or lower. So first evolution. So, so you cannot actually have a Genesect. No way. Not yet. Not yet. So. <laughs> Alright, so Virgil, uh, to give Hope a chance to think, or if you need some more time to think and Hope is ready, whoever wants to go first can uh, go from there, and I will let Rhino take over. Jesus. I'm sorry. We're still stuff. Okay, well. How'd you get to that? Let me know. There's some Pokemon you want to know because I've got all five generations in front of me right now. I can hold. Probably. <laughs> just just in case anybody wants more pizza, I have got some dominant here from And just as a reminder, try, try, to, try to keep your, your, your decisions as. as as non-meta as possible, i.e. 
I'm just gonna go with whatever's cutest. Go for it. <laughs> as, as, as much as I personally wanted a Piplup, I did not feel that that was a good fit for Magnus. Yep. Uh, Litwick is the best match for Cherno. And Bob got a C dot, despite the fact that he really loved Gasly. Realistically, C dot was probably the one that's the best fit for Bob. <laughs> I got a Riolo. Yeah. What'd you rename because you hate that? I sound oh, stupid. Yeah. Where's that? Oh. Alright. Um, I, you guys have got that going, so I'm going to. Oh, ow. I like. Oh, Pokemon 5e DM screen. That might be useful for me. Really? Yep. Oh, that is so cool. Wait a second. There you go. Oh my god. What does the level have to be? One half or less. Level one half? SR one half or less. Yes. So. Where does it show one half? It's in the different monster manuals. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Top. Uh. The... Where the CR would be for your average monster stat one. Yeah. Yeah. Just start naming Pokemon that can tell you the SR. Okay. How many evolutions does Eevee have? Uh, at this point, everything like, but this- Sylveon. However, that could change before that, evo- you know, they could add that one before you're anywhere near ready to evolve. Um, you, Dude, you can I have Raikou? Oh, wait. Raikou? No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's my favorite. I personally team Ante, but still, no. <laughs> Super good for life? Who's up with that? But Lightning Tiger Dog. <laughs> what, Volcano Dog? <laughs> but the Icy North Wind. <laughs> so the funny thing is, this is the, my sibling tattoo, is the three dogs. That's awesome. I don't have it yet, but it's number two coming up. That is fantastic. Because all three of us gravitated to gold and silver quite a bit, and so I'm right. Mm-hmm. Ante, my brother's right, my sister's right. Is it Cabralis or Machop? Oh, by the way, I got my ass handed to me by uh, Primeape, I think it was, yeah. It's- and it, w- it wasn't a Pokemon battle. No, he just literally karate chopped my ass. <laughs> You rolled so bad. I did that one, that one to get away. Or it's like a psychic or like ice type, like a fairy type maybe. So I am encouraging people to pick, at least for their starter, something that is similar or would match up well with your D&D character. Which is why C-Dot, Litwick, etc. Then do. (laughs) So, like ultimately pretty game with anything as long as it makes some sense. Like, you could have a... Well, not Pokemon, apparently. Um, I'm completely terrified to figure out what Danderbin wants to use. Danderbin would grab up the net. Arceus. Maybe the pup. Okay. Well, let's think. He already has Ladybird. I just don't know about... I'm stuck between either a Growlithe or a Machop. Personally, given... Well, you're Thorn Fighter, but you're Smith. Yeah, that's what I'm stuck with. Because, like, Growlithe would be, like, a good, loyal protector kind of a deal, and... What about a Tepig? What? Tepig. Uh, it's Gen 5. 4. 4? Because that's, that's, that's Oshawa. 
Oh, no, no, it's fine. Sorry, my brain was locked. My, yeah. It's been... It, I okay. have... In, in ten minutes, I will have been up for twelve hours plus an extra hour of daylight savings. Oh, for twelve hours? Or streaming for that long? Awake. Yeah. Wait. I have been awake. I woke up at eight o'clock yesterday. So that's twenty-four uh, hours. Right. Math. Yeah, everybody. Anyways, Embor, his full evolution is a fi- medium-sized firefighting type, which would strike me as a dwarf because it has a flaming beard. It has a flaming beard and it is pig. <laughs> What's its evolution? Embor. E M B O A R. Pokemon number five hundred. Hmm. Hmm. It's a solid one. Hmm. I'm being that intentionally. He, he actually is pretty. Oh, he's awesome, and he's a lot of people's favorite. So it's um, just looking. Out of all of the firefighting starter combinations, he is one of the nicest that way, and the most dwarven-like by a long shot. Um, who else could I see? Oh, uh, and if you're really liking. Uh, Machop and uh, Growly, you could probably get away with uh, Machop doing the whole like Smith's Apprentice kind of a thing, <laughs> especially when you get up to Machamp, the forearms helping you in the forges, and with Growly, I think it also has that flame breath ability, doesn't it? Oh. For heating forges and all that kind of stuff, you could end up doing that as well if you wanted. Because I know you're a big Gen 1 like I am. I like Gen 1 and all, but it is very much not my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gen 4 for me. Gen 1, if it was favorite game, but favorite Pokemon. If it wasn't for all the amazing ghost Pokemon in Gen 6, it would be um, Gen 1. But Gen 6 is my favorite simply because of the amazing ghost Pokemon there. And I mean, honestly, if he's running a forge on his own at some point, he's going to get a heat more. <laughs> I mean... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, you know, you, know, you know what another great fit for him would be? Although getting one will be a nightmare pain volcanic. Oh, volcanic. Fire and the cooling. It is, but I, I Yeah, don't but know. either way, both of them. There's so many choices. Yep. America the Pokemon. Yep, there is Braviary. Is Skidoo on here? Uh No, he is sixth gen. Aw oh, shoot. So we did this one offline, or like on break last time, but that's, I think it's good for you to see how the process works. Yep. You're searching your soul to see which spirit matches most up with your own. It's hard! There's so many choices! I know, right? I don't know anything about your current character, Hope, so I can't... Oh, that that's right! We haven't even posted your intro episode no. yet. Um, been basically... On. Basically, all you need to know is I'm a balance cleric with no sense of balance, like, around it at all. So, like, my dexterity is low, my balance of emotions is off the wall. Like, I'm basically, like, definitely, like, obsessive compulsion behavior with even numbers and having things even. And then, like, my emotions are never even at all, ever. That does actually make that much easier for me. One second. Yeah, he doesn't have an evolution line... But either Spinda or uh, 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 Maractus. I think Spinda's too high, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, what about the, uh, Gothita? It's not a bad option. Tiny psychic type. Very cute. Uh, competitive, frisk, uh, but becomes quite a. Comes a psychic powerhouse. Really does. And her whole thing is she can 
change, like, magic room flips everything around, right? And just in control, but also, eh, questionably. Otherwise... I'm just gonna go through this giant first and then go to the next one. Honestly, me and Pooh and me and Shao would be terrible. Would he or would he? Wouldn't be. No, they wouldn't be. Um... <laughs> Explode. With Smurf to Explode isn't bad. Um, Metatite, if it's low enough. SR, one half. Fighting Psychic type, all about being in balance. <laughs> Just give her both of them. That'd actually be so strong. Their SR is fairly high. Oh, or there's always Clay Doll. Clay Doll, Clay Doll, Clay Doll, I really great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one. Um, this, I like all of the stars from this generation. I say, I say, uh, Oh man, Virgil, if it wasn't 6th gen, Honed would have been freaking amazing for Thor. The ghost stored Pokemon thing. Hmm. I know, I'm right now skimming through fire types, so you know. Because I'm assuming you as a dwarf, not only with the forge and everything else, but the, the whole very battle-oriented kind of thing. I'm thinking either fire or fighting even for you, because the Soul Forged is a very martial discipline. Yeah, but I'm also trying to go with, like, the fact that I'm partly noble, and that's why I thought Growlithe, because Arcanine is one of the, is considered a, the legendary type, but he's not. Yeah. But it's that super majestic doggo. He's the goodest boy. I, I think... Uh, I'm probably going to go with Growlithe. I think that would be... Yeah. The loyalty in the the doggo aspect, I think, would be close to... Yeah. The chop is so good. Curses. Mm. Why are there too many? Come on. I know, right? Uh, Might I suggest fire chicken? Blaze kid? Yeah. It's a hot choice this year. Fennekin might actually be really cool as well. Or is that no? That damn it! That's sixth gen. Yeah, sixth gen did very well. well. If on honestly, Bob, if sixth gen was an option, I probably would have started with Chespin. I would have one hundred percent gone either Hone Edge or uh, Phantom. Phantom. Yeah. yeah. Chespin might actually be. Honestly, probably a toss up between Chespin and Sinjuai for my favorite starters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it'd be Roundlet. Uh, see, down the road, not yet, but Domina's Hand and Daruka would make perfect sense to Thurun's character for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly thinking, Bernie, you're probably right with Rally. But like you said, it does have the noble ish type background. Oh, Dingor, too, right? Mm-hmm. Why is no one picking cast form? Why is no one picking Lily Puff? Is the real question here. Because I, 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 I we'll eventually get more than one, right? Pardon? Will we end up with more than one? Absolutely. This is just to introduce you to the world. Not actually even going to let you battle with your Pokemon, but you will definitely get to meet, introduce, and like have a moment. That's okay. I'll probably go with Rowley then. I'm gonna go with the goodest boy. Alright. 
Awesome. Can I give an Arceus? Absolutely. $150. Can <laughs> <laughs> I have the shiny Badoof? Yeah. Truly the greatest of all Pokemon. <laughs> the problem with Arceus is I need my plates. This is what we call microtransactions. <laughs> it's $150 for Arceus, and it'll be $25 for their first five plates, and $50 for everyone after that. So so basically, I, I, basically <laughs> I give you $175 and I get an Arceus and five plates. Yeah. <laughs> and if Extra Life ever complains, I'm not doing anything for them. Uh, that's great. This is what I did in my charity event. It was like twenty dollars. You got Master Ball, effectively guaranteed catch, and then yeah. For I think it was another ten dollars. You could pick your Pokemon. I, you could have a shiny. You could pick exactly what feats it had. Everything. It was just and so my, that that got us a lot of donations because people all had their favorites. Yep. And they were all willing to have the perfect version of their favorite. My boy! Your boy I think it would be a good one because you are your couple of <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think I'm at delayed level yet, but I I'm like I said, me personally I want Ross. I want a Togepi. A lot of people say for Ross, I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah. I want a Serene Grace Togekiss. Because if I see your character doing create, you know, really out there Pokemon, but like ones with like crazy personality. So this Adino has healer ability, so it kind of makes sense. So I might go with Adino. I would. Does it have the ability metronome? I don't know. Keeping time? Um... Where do you find things? Uh, moveset? No, but it has fairy type. Yeah. I could see your character doing that. Yeah. I could see your character. Um, you'd have to take the first evolution of it. It's a level 5. Wait. All your Pokemon will be starting at level 1. <laughs> Enjoy your baby. I... Oh, this sucks. <laughs> She found one she liked, but it's a level five. Shoot. Which one is it? Time to start over. Audi now. Yeah. Yeah. I looked at it for you as well, but no. It, unfortunately, it's one half or less. It's the re- the reason Audi knows SR is so high is because it was created for one reason and one reason alone. XP party. Yep. XP party. Um. I. All the ones I want aren't here, like Skidoo is on here, but that would be perfect. Audino would work very well, but it's too high. What about Skitty? Or Meowth? Or... Oh, you're scary. <laughs> Honestly, I think Eevee might be the best one for you. Yeah, but everybody loves Eevee, so now I just look like I don't even know my Pokemon. This is just your <laughs> first Pokemon, though. You're going to have more yeah. than one. Yeah, but this is such, like, a weighted, like, this is like a bond we're talking about. This is a lifelong bond. This is, like, <laughs> the most important decision I've made in my life up until this point. So, so Azurl's a very good pick for your character. It's, a, it's an SR-1-8. Yep, it's a baby. We'll be coming back in just a minute. So, 
Wilson's a mod. Here's the deal. At some point, some well, far not will too down. far in the future, I will be running just Pokemon 5e normal where people get to be themselves and pick your favorites. This is we're aiming for most applicable to the campaign. And your character with and so that's why I say everybody needs snow. <laughs> That's why Cherno has Litwick, the soul-stealing blue flame guy. <clears throat> Not for any reason related to Cherno. Mm. It depends how many tails she has, because otherwise she will never evolve. Volpix. Six. See, Volpix works, but nine tails. Nine. It's not even. <laughs> That's, oh my goodness! That is actually evil because three is considered more even than like four or ten. I had this conversation about three-legged bar stools in in a bar with her earlier. Ugh. It's a well, yeah. Even my uh, my magic item is like a threefold artifact. So like yep. everything it does is in threes, and like the design I think of for like that is done in threes, and so like she can't even look at it because it's not even, because now you have two on one side but one is on the other, it's not even, and so she basically can't even look at her magic item. That's actually pretty hilarious. Um, yeah. <laughs> Azuril still makes a heck of a lot of sense then, and it's freaking adorable. And it becomes giant booby bunny. Booby bunny. It's not wrong. Um, what about a ponytail? <laughs> or... So I also thought about, like, Blitzel, because Zebra Stripes, you know, would be funny, but I don't know. Uh, so far it's between Eevee and Goldpix. Honestly, what I about thought about going Eevee as well, uh, but why so I didn't stand- is because there's I, I don't want to have that much choice in how it evolves, and I guess you can get pretty damn specific on how you want Eevee to evolve to get exactly the evolution you want. And I wanted the whole chaos of it, so I ended up going with C dot instead. Did that one fit more thematically anyway? I don't know. We should make Bella a Pokemon. She's feisty enough. <laughs> Ow! Who are what Quit Bella? Right. Okay. That is another yeah. one that I love. Gastrodon. Mm-hmm. Uh number five seventy two. What about Ralts? Turns in the Gardevoir? Or Galade? Okay. My issue is that some of these Pokemon like actually scare me. Like, Ralts scares me. Like, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I'm gonna- I'm raising my hand right now, Ho. How does Ralts scare you? I don't know, it just- it just does. I don't know, it's just- I look at it and it just- it- it makes me scared. Gardevoir and Galade are two of my favorites. Oh, they look awesome, but what they also What about Metadite? I was Metadite or uh, Mianfu would be another good one. Okay, anything that like slightly resembles a human kind of scares me as a Pokemon. <laughs> you should get Plusle and Minim. Get one of them and then try and get the other. Ooh. That way you'd have both the plus and the minus, that's, and then you could use the... That's actually a fantastic idea. Hello, Will! You're at the oh, fun point now. <laughs> so morning, you woke up from one hell of a nap when all of a sudden. I'm outside while you all are, are, are modding and then. Just, just you're going to want to hear this description real quick though. It's you always like doing this, but the camera falls a little bit because it's bigger out. Okay, so that's actually 
Perfect. Oh, you'll have to look to see what its level of proves. Yeah. You, know, you woke up from one hell of a cat nap when all of a sudden an entire island is just raised to the ground by a giant beam of magic <laughs> cut to the ground. And uh, that j- alerts you that, oh, crap. I'm just <laughs> and so you are able to get in contact with the um, uh, Chronomancer guy, uh, and he rockets you to Divinity's Island, where you see two new individuals, a dwarf, uh, smith, monk-looking individual, and Alana's an elf, oh no, human. You see a balance cleric. Uh, there is. <laughs> you see a balance cleric. And then... Um, uh, basically, Divinity's Island, what this is in meta terms, Pokemon Island. Okay. So you are going to be able to pick out one of the Pokemon as a spirit starter Pokemon. Oh, okay. So, if you go to uh, either Pokemon5e.com or you start shooting out Pokemon names to so this guy here, he can help you pick a starter. You want it to be something that is very soul-matching to you. So something that is, rather than an optimized Pokemon, the one that like is the most your soul reflected in. There are about 8 million different cats for you to choose from. Yeah. Uh, for the <laughs> um, Check Gen 5. Okay. So you actually want to find Crowline. Yeah. No, yeah, honestly, yes. Eevee, Spinda, or Vulpix, either of those are great. Like I said, I think since your magic item already has not a three in it, I think it would be freaking hilarious for you to have a nine tails. Um, and then Eevee, I think, is probably going to be a fun one if you want to get really down to that evolution where you want it to go. Well, uh, Espeon has a split tail. Espeon does have a split tail. Two and tails. And yeah, it's a psychic. My work here is done. I think I'll just go with a full Oh, I might just do Spinda because it basically is my character. Okay. Okay. So I have a Growlithe, a Spinda, and then finally a Vulpix. All right. So then, who would like to approach the gate yeah. and ask permission of the War God first? While he gets to furiously type it. Me? I'm assuming you got your stat sheet thing. Uh, and if you need help, I can help you with it. Should be okay. Yeah. Burger, would you like to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Alright. You approach the gate that enters into the Pokemon Islands as a whole, or to Divinity's Island as a whole, and you are uh, met with that, that power, that feeling of of triumph, of conquering, of war, how would you address the god of war and ask permission to take some of these, to take a spirit uh, into your kingdom? I would take a knee in kind of like a bow kind of thing, but like take a knee and then in a very uh, not, like not a weak, not a commanding, like I'm doing this, but a strong a strong voice saying, asking for his permission to, uh, or his blessing to do that. Alright. You ask and you feel a sense of, of not relief necessarily, but of kind of a pressure lifting off of your shoulders. Like you were cornered and all of a sudden, reinfor- and all of a sudden reinforcements arrived. You still have to battle through as those reinforcements get to you, but you know that you, this isn't going to be the end. And so you rise up and you step through those gates. And I will let Rhino take over as soon as he's ready. Um, so this is for the Growlithe. Correct. 
I know I say it differently than you guys, but whatever. Um, so, right now fighting is in... The fighting deity is in charge. So around you you're going to hear sounds of trees, like trees being banged, the ground is always just shaking a little bit, and you get the feeling you're in an intense gym kind of idea. The training grounds like, well, like something you'd expect, being the dwarf you are. But, <clears throat> I'm gonna say a fair bit ahead, and kind of over to the right a little bit. You can hear something more. You can hear the same kind of fighting sounds. But then there's almost a growl to a bark, and every once in a while you just kind of see just a, a like, it's just here, like this powerful sound. Do you start heading that direction? I would. Okay. So, I'm going to say you get about 30, 40 feet. Like, it was pretty far in the woods, and at this point, you're in pretty dense tree cover. The ground is soft and not too much in roots, but you really can't see through the canopy at this point. But as you kind of slowly keep moving forward, the sounds are getting more, and it's actually quite an intimidating bark. You come across this fairly stout dog with fur in the shape of almost a flame coming off the back of its head. And it is there, like, ferociously guarding uh, this small little caterpillar-like Pokemon, or spirit, hiding in the grass. And you can see that this rather humanoid but gray-skinned creature is attempting to attack the tree, not realizing that the small grass Pokemon is underneath, and if you look up, you actually see a bunch more cowering. What do you do? Uh, I would just kind of... So I see this dog creature and a bunch of other creatures kind of cowering behind it or in front of it. You see, so... I can get to the actual name, but yeah. There's these little green caterpillars, not caterpie, but, um... Let me just pull it up quickly so I can get to the right name. In case you're familiar with it, and if not, no harm. Um... Yes, Swablands, hiding behind the tree, or at the base of the tree and in the, into the, like, branches above. And Growlithe is standing there, guarding from them. The guarding of the Machop that honestly just trying to practice its training by breaking the tree. So the Growlithe is defending all of these small Pokemon, and the Machop, trying to maintain its training schedule, is just trying to attack it. And it's not intending any harm to the Growlithe, the Growlithe is in its way. Ralph is simply holding its ground. What are you going to do? Um, I'm gonna approach, but I'm not gonna. I'm gonna like approach, but not pay like not focus on either one, either the Growlithe or the Machop. I'm just gonna kind of walk over there and just keep an eye on things. Um, what maybe? I need to probably DM screen. Uh it's okay. I would like you. Where are my stats? Oh, that one work. Can I get you to roll me an insight, please? It is an eight. Okay. So you start moving forward, and you're doing it 
very casually, not in any form of aggression whatsoever. But the dog creature is now nervously switching its gaze from you back to the gray humanoid, back to you, back to that. And you can tell it's just something's not right. Uh, I would uh, put my hand out and towards uh, the dog and say, uh, uh, I don't mean any harm, I'm here to help. What can I do, you know? Uh, just try and assure it that I'm not there to do any harm to it. Okay. Can you or the little things it's guarding. Animal handling, please. That's a 17. Beautiful. So, I don't know if it's your practice with the dogs back home, or just simply your calm demeanor, but its hackles go down a bit, and you can see it's just ever so slightly moves a little bit more so it's back haunches are, like, actually moved towards you, as if to kind of get on the same side as you. But that gray humanoid has not moved. He doesn't, still doesn't seem aggressive, but he's just still holding his ground. The small caterpillars wrapped in grass are, and leaves are still powering, powering underneath the tree. Uh, I turn towards the, uh, the gray-skinned creature, and, uh, because I can see it's just trying to train on the tree. Yep. Uh, are there a bunch of trees? Absolutely. You can't see through the canopy. That's, there's so many. Uh, I uh, tell the great creature that uh, this is the home for a number of creatures, it seems. Uh, continue your training, but try and find a tree that won't hurt other creatures. Uh, and just go with that. Hey, I'm going to get you to roll a performance, and the reason I'm doing that is that they don't really understand English at all. Or common. That's that's an eight. <clears throat> it looks at you, it makes a number of sounds at you, and you're still in the same place you were. It has uh, do I Yeah. Do I see any trees that don't have creatures in it? Yes, Zach. You see three. There's the one immediately that would have been across the field from where you walked in, because the Growlick was on your left-hand side, and then the chop was fairly in front of you. And then there's that one, a couple trees more to the right, and actually one to your back right now. Uh, I get its attention, and I kind of, like, point to myself, and then I walk over to one of the trees that doesn't have any creatures in it that it won't hurt, and then I, uh, I take a punch and a kick at that tree, and I kind of look up to try and show that there's nothing in there, and then point to the other tree that has creatures in it, and kind of motion to take this tree instead. So you hear... This works. It doesn't actually you. And it kind of gives you a swift nod and just goes to town on that tree. And while it's doing that, the dog actually sits down and it's panting, it's tons out, it's tails wagging, and it seems much better. And it kind of gives you that look, and then immediately goes over to the creature wrapped in the leaf and kind of nuzzles it with its nose until it can climb up the tree. After doing that, it comes back and just sits beside me. Uh, I put my hand out towards it, uh, with my hand out to just let him sniff it, if anything. Kind of how the trainer dragon esque. <laughs> Yes. And yeah, it puts its hand head in your hand and actually kind of pushes your hand up with the force, effectively making you pet it. 
Well, I'll scratch its head for a little bit. I'm okay with this. Excellent. So now it, it just kind of leans its side into you, and you can tell that there's now a bit of a fire in your bond. You guys are paired. Yay. <laughs> so, what do you ne- do next? Do you hang out here for a bit, or are you going to go back to where you came from? Uh, I... If I don't see anything else to do in this area, then uh, I'll probably head back to where I was. I only came out because I heard the barking and all that noise. Perfect. So, I guess the next thing I'm going to need is Will and Hope to give me a perception roll. Perception that is well. Cool. And Hope? That's a 19. Perfect. So, Will does not quite catch this. Hope you will. And obviously, Virgil will. So as soon as you pass the threshold of that gate, the which I picture to be almost like a large pagoda, yeah, um, your growl disappears into this sparkling red mana that turns into a book identical to your adventuring guild pocket notebook, <laughs> and it's labeled on the front as Poketone. When you open up, you notice the first page is your growl. It has the stats, the moves, and the information on it. So, quickly to that note, I'm going to get you to roll me a couple of stats. We're completely okay. confused as to why it's called Pogatome when these are spirits, but you know, we're not going to question that. It is. Because if you call it Spiritome, it sounds too much like Spiritomb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants that. <laughs> I get that. Alright, first thing we're going to get you to do is roll me a d4. Alright. That's a 2. Okay. Next, I'm going to get you to roll me a d20. That's a 9. That's... Um, I don't like that, so I'm going to get you to re-roll it. (laughs) Okay. That's a 6. Yeah, that's better. (laughs) I like how you can see exactly why I did that. I, I, I did. Nobody wants an apathetic crowd. Well, no, it makes no sense for the scene that we made, right? Exactly. Perfect. And the last, but, or no, I think that is all I need for for you. So you have a male Growlithe that is hasty in nature. If you grab the companion app, which is PF, or P5E, I believe. Yep, on yep, the, five yep on the I have it. On the app store. You can add your Growlithe, and yes, it's male with a hasty nature. Hasty? Hasty, correct. Okay. Alright. Um. Oh, shall oh, we? Yep. Yeah. He's very. Oh, that's right. Can you roll me a percentile die? Thank you. 84. Okay, give me a. Alright, close that tab. That counts up. Um. No, no, no. We just gotta wait for a PDF to download, so I will let you know you're very. Okay, here we go. I was like, in a moment or two, once the PDF downloads for me. <laughs> um, and then we'll get you set up. Come on. Oh, nope, this is not what I want. Anyways. We just want this page right over. Here we go. The headbook. Me. And that is. Oh, no, that was the same book. Okay. Train of Battles items, here we go. <laughs> uh, sorry, just mm-hmm. waiting for the berries to all load up. Vitamins, oh, oh. berries, here we go. So you said 85? 
You have a Koba Berry. C-O-B-A. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, sure. Cool. Alright, Hope, your turn. So... Alright. Just how clumsy is your character? Um, my dexterity is an 8. Um, that helps. So, yeah. Alright, so you're gonna... When you enter... The gates. I'm going. Oh, uh, nope. We'll get back to that part later. So yeah, when you enter the gate, just for the sake of narrative, you're gonna see a bunch of leaves, and like the wind picks up and it starts grabbing a bunch of different leaves, and it seems to be leading you in a direction. Everything kind of is picking you up in very Pocahontas style, like trying to lead you in a direction. Are you going to follow it? Yeah. <laughs> so, as you're going through, and you're going quickly, but not too far, as you just start following it, without even realizing it, it's been spinning around you after a little while, and you just notice you're spinning in the forest, and it's not bad, it's just you didn't realize you're doing it. And then, from your side, you just kind of feel a light bump, and you see this, for lack of a better way to say it, a white and brown spotted teddy bear with spirals all over it spinning with you. Making that noise. <laughs> and as you're starting to see this and giggle and laugh, you guys end up bumping and falling down together. What would you like to do? Um, I'm just gonna laugh then I'm gonna turn to the creature and be like, are you okay? And it's going to, like, kind of wave you off, but accidentally kind of fall down because it's still dizzy. <laughs> I guess I'm going to try to, like, reach over and, like, pick it up and set it back, like, upright. <laughs> Alright, can you roll me just because I think it's hilarious? Um, a dex check. An acrobatics check. <laughs> Gosh. That's a four. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to lift it up. And somehow you both tumble, and now it's standing on you, and neither of you are really sure how this happened. <laughs> so, after a little bit more of this, <laughs> you both somehow managed to get up, circling the opposite directions, and it works. And you are now both together, clumsily lost in the forest. <laughs> what would you like to do? Um, I guess I look around for more swirling leaves to see if they'll lead me back out. <laughs> so, effectively, if where you're looking is zero degrees, like, 140 degrees, almost all the way around you, to your back right, is a couple leaves just quietly swirling at the bottom, just underneath a tree. And right around there, you see what looks to be another one of these teddy bears. But it's not clumsy at all. And it just starts running. What would you like to do? Oh no, come back, it's okay. So I take it you're going to chase it a little bit? Yeah, I'll pursue it. <laughs> Alright, so it's running and I would like you to give me a perception check. 
That's a 17. Awesome. You're able to follow it, and you notice that it's a little bit skinnier than the one you're chasing, and unlike the two of you, this one has perfect balance. It can run, it's landing lightly on its toes, and it has no issues whatsoever. But the direction it's going actually has light, and it seems to be pretty good at this. Do you keep following it? Yeah. Alright, and I'm going to get you to roll me one more quick perception check. That's a nine. Perfect. So you're following it, you're following it, you're following it, and now you're almost at the gate, but you can't see it, but you do hear, and right above you is this blue and white kind of humanoid creature that almost looks like it has an onion on its head. <laughs> and it's just kind of looking at you with a certain look. Um, the other thing you notice is, or give me a deck save. Oh gosh. Oh, that's a 18. Perfect. Your Spinda got a 2. Uh, Spinda was just following you blindly, not actually looking, and just runs into the back of your legs. You manage to hold yourself up, but Spinda just starts spinning in circles around you. Doesn't fall <laughs> by some luck, but does manage to just start spinning around you. And the metatite above you just kind of gives you a look of, oh, please just get rid of this. And Spinda just seems really happy with you. But now it's stopped spinning and it's giving you a questionary look. Do you want to give me a, I will let you choose between insight and animal handles, whichever you prefer. Or let's give you a choice of different skills. Uh, so, perce- <laughs> Yeah, I'll do insight. Okay. That's a 12. That's enough. You can tell it's waiting for you to spin again. Okay, I guess I do uh, a quick spin in one direction and then spin back around the other direction. Alright, Spinda just gets this super happy look on its face and does the same thing with you. And as you're spinning back, you seem to be in perfect sync with Spinda. More in tune and on balance than you have been in anything you have done in the recent past. And you can tell that you guys somehow awkwardly got yourselves into alignment. <laughs> Through the most unaligned <laughs> process possible. I keep thinking of like the dancing with the stars stuff, where they're just like randomly spinning around and like there's no way they can keep that up. But they managed to do it in such a perfect sync that their actual spirits became in sync. So yes, your the spinda is now yours. <laughs> And, uh-huh. and there is a very happy Meditite not having to watch after the spin die anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, that is that. Do you leave the area? Do you hang out? Just for context, the leaves are just spinning in kind of circles back here at the entrance. Um, I'll probably just head back out. Alright, just like uh, Virgil, as soon as you pass the threshold, you get the book in your hand. And it shows Spinda's information on the front page. And it shows you all the stats and everything else. So I'm going to get you to do the same thing. Roll me a d4, d20, and percentile. Alright. The d4 is a 1. Okay. Uh, the d20 is a 6. 
<laughs> and percentile dice is a 69. <laughs> Very well done. Um, yeah, I know. You're going to do your Luda mode. Uh, yeah. As long as you didn't score a 20 on the d20, I'm happy with it. So, you have a hasty spinda. And the berry it has, your ability to call things is almost the same as Virgil is incredible, also has the same berry. <laughs> so that was, again, there we go. 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 15, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, what do you do, first of all? Um, I follow. You just follow. Perfect. So you're following in them, and you hear rustling coming from both the tree above you and to your left. Both above left and bottom left. What are you going to do about it? Do you want to give me perception? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that is a ten. Alright. Things are moving quickly. Um... <laughs> There we go. Um, so, up above you, something very agile to your mind. Got skills. Okay. You can tell that much. You can't see anything more than that other than it seems to be kitty-shaped. Okay. And then to your bottom, something dashed out, and it's a little bit bigger, but again, you did not get a good sight of it. Now you can tell the one at the bottom is kind is almost waiting to see what you do. Um, I'm going to can I make an acrobatics check and try and jump and catch it. The one on the tree or the one on the ground? The one on the ground. Uh, sure. <laughs> yep. Um, twelve. All right. Um. Yeah, that would have made a difference. So yeah, you go to grab it, and you successfully do. It, whatever it was, and actually, I guess now you can see it, it is this reddish, burnt, kind of orange-colored fox with a few extra tails. I'm going to need you to give me a dex saving throw, though. Okay. 15. Mm-hmm. Let's see what it... Okay, it suddenly shoots flames out of its mouth. You do manage to move yourself just in time to get out of the way. Uh, but in the process of that, it does escape your hands. And it's kind of looking at you a little defiantly a couple steps away. Um, animal handling. Okay, do you want to describe at all what you do? Uh, well, I... I just, uh, I guess, um, change my demeanor and try to make myself seem... Not so possible. Because you are a tabaxi, I'm going to give you advantage on that. Okay. Uh, it's only a 12. That's uh, okay. It loosens up a little bit. It's not, it doesn't trust you immediately. You've already caught it once against its will. And so it's not sure about you. <laughs> but it's not running away, not attacking anything. At the same time, you do hear the sound in the tree above you again. 
what would you like to do? I'm going to take out a bird from my backpack and toss it to the one present. It is the smoothest movement you have ever seen. Burns it on the way in the air and takes a bite of the now-cooked meat. Just like that. You can tell this is a practice-rehearsed skill for this. Okay. Um, I know you're a little saddened because it didn't take the food raw. <laughs> but next thing you know, it actually jumps in front of you and is growling. Uh, do you want to give me one last perception check? Uh, it's a 21. In the tree above you is this leopard cat. Hissing and angry, and you can see now it's come just enough into the light. You can see it and its spots, and for whatever reason, this fox is actually trying to defend you against it. Mm-hmm. Okay. What would you like to do? Um. Your shirt's very fitting, by the way. <laughs> He's wearing a Puss in Boots shirt right now. Yeah, it's uh, Mr. Furry Pants. Disorderly contact, bad catitude. Catnip made me do it. <laughs> That's awesome. So. Okay. Um, I can give you a few ideas if you'd like, or it's completely up to you. Yeah, give me a few ideas. I'm still trying to wake up. That's absolutely understandable. You can try and intimidate this creature. You can try and use some animal handling to calm the whole situation down. Or you can put on the tiny skip to see if you can completely disarm everybody with a performance. I recommend option the fourth and cast fist. <laughs> just shoot it. I, I welcome you to try. I do want to remind you the very large booming voice that said there will be no violence. So I just heard bloodshed. Bloodshed. Yeah, but it it may mean things a little harshly. <laughs> You all are well aware there's a zero tolerance on their interpretation of it. I'm going to try to intimidate the cat tree. Okay, go for it. Can I have advantage since it's another cat and I know... Nope, because it knows all of your ways. Nope, that is a 15. That is more than its contest. So yeah, it doesn't like you, Mm -hmm. but it gives an awful hiss and just scoots away and you can see the little fox creature kind of just without even waiting for you nuzzles up against your leg and rolls over for a it's very happy with it <laughs> all right so it just kind of waves all of its many tails and it's just kind of enjoying this the belly rub and honestly you're just kind of at peace suddenly it just Feels, you feel like the warm fuzzies in <laughs> you. Literally in figures. Exactly. Its belly is quite warm, and it doesn't seem too bad. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that about covers it. It will leave you into a sunny, sunny area, so you guys can have a nice, lovely Sunday together, if you so choose. And I'm going to keep moving in the direction that Bridge uh, Hope So they went, and they... You're able to <laughs> the wind has actually picked up so much back towards the gate, you it caught your eye and you can see that Hope is going there with this little walking teddy bear that really looks like it needs an extra foot or one less or something. <laughs> Only one Only knee. Only one knee, yes. Exactly. <laughs> or and then 
Virgil's already has had already kind of passed the gate, and he's holding this red book in his hands. Because you would have seen that with your perception check. So, do you want to leave? Do you want to hang out with your new little furry friend? Yeah, I'm gonna motion for it to follow me, and then I'm gonna catch up the rest of the group. Perfect. So, just as you get through the gate, once again, it pops into the book, and a beautiful, like, red sparks into a book in your hands. Would you mind rolling me a d4, d20 for such a while? D20 is a 5. The D4 is a 2. And the percentile is 19. Okay. So you have a skittish skittish male Vulpix. Okay. Uh, the, sorry, the percentile was a 19? Yes. And that is number 6. And your berry... Is two, four, six. A lepa berry, which is a very handy one to have. A what kind of berry? Lepa. L E P P A. Restores 10 PP to a move, activated when a Pokemon runs out of PP. So, as you're all there, are any of the three of you looking at your books in any more depth? I probably would be. I'd be flipping through it. Alright. Anybody else? No, okay. So anyone who's looking through their books, you notice that after the first page, it actually has a couple extra pages. First is a blank one, and the next one shows the other Pokemon you ran across. So for Hope, it was a Metatype. Or Met... No. Yeah, meta, yeah Metatype. Yes. And it shows you the information that it... It doesn't give you a lot to work off of, but it does tell you... To do better balance than you. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, it might be. Nope, One second. It just gives you. Yeah, this isn't gonna work. It shows you a picture of the Pokemon. Gives you a little bit of description how it can possibly see the future, and it does deep meditation and likes to be concentrating, which you can kind of intuitively know that this spindle probably followed around and really was not helpful for that process. Other than that, it doesn't give you a whole lot more information, but it does let you know that they typically have the ability to have telepathy. And for you, or, well, I know two names in my head apparently, uh, it does show you the leap card which I just had open, or the, sorry, uh, Perloin. And it lets you know that the, uh, what would it let you know? That it is proficient in dexterity saving throws, and it has a climbing speed. Okay. And they're quite dexterous. But otherwise, it just shows you a picture of the Pokemon. And so this is effectively a partial Pokedex. If you catch the Pokemon or spend time around it researching them. Or get your ass kicked by it. Well, no, whatever you do, you learn about the Pokemon. So for Bob, he learned one of um, Primate's attacks, because he used it against him. Yep. Um, my character didn't run across much, so he didn't learn anything. Uh, unfortunately for Terminal. It didn't go well. <laughs> but everyone learns a little bit differently. The other thing you're going to notice is it actually shows you, uh, kind of has a little bit of a cryptic message, and I haven't figured out how I'm going to do this in-game yet, 
but effectively you all get a small boost to one of your stats. So for Virgil, you get a plus one to perception based on sound. And so you're welcome to write that on your sheet. At any point, if Thorne's trying to listen to something, you get a plus one to it. Because ground okay. is your main Pokemon. Hope, because Spinda is yours, you get a plus one to deception. For you, you get a plus one to investigation for having a focus. Alright, the last question is, what do you do with your book after you've done flipping through it? (laughs) It animates and starts following you around behind you, floating, making all sorts of annoying comments. Hey, I like the Rotom (laughs) decks! So, do you guys just put it away? Do you compare notes? What do you do? Well, oh, I didn't even think about that. Mm. Comparing notes. <laughs> My notes? You were weak to fighting types. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Technically true. <laughs> Super effective. Bob is a normal <laughs> Thoughts? Feelings? Wants and desires, other than a Raikou? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'll compare notes. Hey, who it? Bob is currently with the other two in a completely different island. You would be oh, here okay. just with Virgil and Hope right now. Yeah, so the three of you are just past oh. the gates, all of your books kind of open. Are you showing it to each other? Are you just putting it away? Or are you just still flipping through it? Uh, is there a way, or does it say on how to bring them out? Like, how to get them to come out of the book, essentially? If, in any way, shape, or form, and I'm going to assume you did so, you asked that kind of question, you will see gold, flat, like, dust, pixie dust, effectively, kind of appear above it, and writing just say, your, your spirit companion will be released in the areas where it has the mana to do so. Okay. So basically in the Divinity Island itself, once you pass through that gate. Yes. Or any of the portals that go to the different regions with it. Yep. Which there's a map conveniently located on the screen currently. <laughs> yes. We will be rearranging it wow. because they ended up having an apocalypse happen pretty much five and up. Um, yeah, about that. <laughs> seven, seven, eight, nine is not really an option. For <laughs> Yeah, that's why. Alright. Exactly. Um, yeah, and. Well, you said you were going to compare notes? Yeah. With, with which of those two? Um. Both of them, I guess. Alright, so Will's coming up holding his book towards you guys. Do you just kind of look? Yeah, I look at it and I show him mine as well. Oh. And I do the same. I'd be looking at everybody else's and showing off. My little Spinda. Alright, so Hope, yours gets uh, kind of a white, sandy color. Pixie does come from it. And both Will and Virgil, yours is, once again, that lovely red. And your books suddenly get a little bit thicker. As you flip through to see what happened, you now have shared your information with each other. So Will now has the Metatite and the Machop in his book. And so on and so forth. You guys have managed to actually exchange information, plus it now has information about each of your starters. Ooh. 
Which is why when you guys are like, no, I pocket my book immediately. I'm like, come on, guys. I honestly <laughs> didn't even think about it. Well, I, I guess I, I never, like, in the Pokemon shows and that, I never remember they the Pokedex share. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I never even crossed but my mind. in the Pokemon happen. show. Well, I, and, and, like I said, my, my excuse is that, you know, we were, we were kind of uh, in, a rush. in a rush. Yeah. Yeah, we were at that point barely holding on to sanity. Yeah. So, anyways. Congratulations, you have your starters. Yay! Hopefully it was an okay way to get them. <laughs> I don't like the way I got my... No. I tried to do it a fairly <laughs> narrative kind of a moment. Yeah, mine, mine was definitely kind of a pain in the ass. <laughs> That's because you can't, don't know where your feet are. Yeah, exactly. I was 100% just scratching the head on my little seat, and then I fell out. Yeah. I booped a Riolo on the nose. You him on the nose. And then it booped me. And Litwick tried to scare me and it worked, and then I tried to walk away from it and it didn't work. And so basically how we're going to end up doing this is we're going to get the official character sheets and all this kind of stuff, and you guys will eventually have two full character sheets that you'll keep track of, and between Rhino and I we'll figure out what abilities are and are not okay to shift between, because I know that there's some like ranger type abilities and other abilities that specifically boof, ah, boof, that specifically boost the stats of your allies and that kind of stuff. And there's some things there that could get kind of broken. So, and so what I've been doing so far is each Pokemon tends to have a proficiency. Yeah. And so I've been giving a plus one to that. But I'm doing it a little bit like the Growlithe specifically is good at with keen eyes, or keen nose and stuff, and keen ears. I don't think a dwarf is going to be smelling a whole lot of things. Nothing but ale. So I figured a sound would come in handy. Yeah. Um, Litwick has a proficiency or mechanics, so that's where I got it. The only insight with the auras. Mm-hmm. Didn't actually look to see if that was one of his proficiencies that just naturally made sense to me. Um, so Bob, I do, I do have a question. Considering that once Klein gets back, he's going to discover this. I'm probably not going to play Magnus a whole lot. Yeah. If you listen to any of you and finds out that this happened, <laughs> there's going to be hell to pay. There's going to be hell to pay. Bob will hide. Not very effectively in a ro- red robes and a raven mask, but he will do his best. Yeah, but you get to go to Arctis frickin' tour. I would love to have gone there. It was an option. I know, but you guys needed another hitter and healer, because we ended up several times going completely almost TPK. Oh, yeah. I I made... So the $5 donation at about 1 a.m. was yes. me. Awesome. Because I needed the $15 for my turnout. <laughs> 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 like, you are not killing turnout. That was fantastic. take all the money my parents and sister put in if I have to keep him alive. That is fantastic. Okay, I'm running the washroom. I'll be right back. Yep, go for it. I'll go outside. I'll be right back. <laughs> all right, so you guys are writing all that stuff down. We'll just real quick catch up the stream on what is currently happening, and then uh, we will uh, really kind of catch up on... Um, What's going on? So now that you guys have gotten your Pokemon spirits together and uh, completed that, once again, this same Chronomancer appears out of nowhere. And he says, All right, it looks like they're going to need some help. They almost got their arms bitten off by a bullet. And you feel your bodies begin to shimmer and, and rocket up into the air across over to the... Let me get the right image up here. 
you guys rocket over uh, from Divinity's Island over to the City of Permanence, which is this little island here. So uh, write down Hope and Virgil on your character sheets. We'll update yours. Uh, you guys officially have 21 source points. Source points will be used to help rebuild the world because Kangport is 75% completely decimated. Valorous Island is completely under the ocean, Atlantis style. And about half of the Divinity Island is currently decimated as well. Um, it was a rough patch there for a while. I, I have no idea how any of this definitely didn't happen because of Chernobyl. <laughs> Cherno is the one that is the savior of the people. There yes. was no bad decision-making at all. Never. But in his defense, I was literally going to destroy one major town in this entire place. So it was inevitable. Um, but yes, yeah, so you guys are currently have 21 source points. Let me grab my little document up here. Which is above ideal. I set you guys as being able to get about 20 of them done during this charity stream. So we've already surpassed that by one source point. And this document has, uh, which for, I don't want to release it to the public yet, but you guys can find it on the Discord uh, if you scroll up a little bit. Uh, all the way at the bottom, uh, oh, never mind, on the second page of objectives, there's a whole list of things that you guys can complete in order to earn source points. Uh, you guys have visited every island, um, but you have not cleared them all. You guys just cleared permanence was the last one we did. Um, and so now that that is done, everybody has their spirit, and permanence has been cleared, you guys can start marking priority locations if you would like. By communicating through your little spirit books, you can get back to Divinity Island itself and speak with the divine whatever aspect in there that's powering this book. And you can designate where you want those spirits to protect. Now that the threat is gone and all the islands have been basically purged of these threats, you can send out these spirits to priority mark a single location. Um, so you get to choose one of those places and that will earn you additional source points and will basically clear out the area for you. So sending reinforcements to help rebuild, to help stabilize people, that kind of thing. So your choices are victory point, permanence, and I believe those are the two that are, because Kangport was destroyed. So priority mark locations is you can either reinforce uh, Victory Point, which is where Kangor is currently being uh, held captive and used as a natural resource. You can priority mark Permanence, which is that kind of Kokiri, uh, Lost Forest, Legend of Zelda, City in the Trees style location. So which of those two do you guys think you would want to reinforce the most. I'm going to speak up for Danderman and say that Victory Point needs to be reinforced. <laughs> that blood addict definitely uh, would not like it if that got overtaken. Well, that, and, you know, having seen the the uh, Magnus himself would, would throw, throw his vote in for that as well, considering Kangor is terrifying. <laughs> Very much so. It's not the weirdest thing I've ever seen. You said that before. <laughs> exactly. Oh, if anybody else would like to hear about some of the other things that aren't the weirdest thing he's ever seen, uh, listen in to the, uh, the stream Sorry. and hear all of those references. Uh, they are quite I exhausting. I, I think I broke it all. <laughs> Alright, so uh, 
Oh, by the way, uh, Virgil and Hope, Danderbin is now covered in scales. He is the world's tiniest dragonborn, basically, um, at 2.8. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, he, he decided to do a line of straight uh, Tarrasque blood and uh, caused a mutation within this person. God beast blood, not Tarrasque. Reskinned it. Don't sue me. So, yeah. oh, oh, crap. That just actually reminded me of something, Bob. <laughs> uh oh. Um, not that one. <laughs> Alright, well, he's looking that up. Now that Victory Point is priority marked, you guys basically have full access to the city as if it had never been damaged. Nothing had ever bad happened to it. It is in pristine condition. Permanence without being priority marked, unfortunately, is going to degrade just a little bit as they rebuild without all of the reinforcements. So, permanence had some more civilian losses. Um, and unfortunately, that town is going to need a little bit longer to recover. However, Victory Point is back up and running. So since you guys as- assigned those resources, we are now up to 22 source points. Or 23 source points, excuse me, getting plus two for Victory Point. Bob, every time you say God Beast, it reminds me of that. I'm getting 23 points, you said? Yes, 23. Yes, that... That very much, yes. That is basically what this creature is. Is it is a massive, gigantic, world-destroying beast. All right, that is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got twenty-one source points, no crystals left. Okay. Twenty-three or twenty-three? Yeah, no source crystals left. Um, one thing that we can use to summon the dude or get him to do something. Which, I mean, honestly, I think at this point we really probably should talk to him. And since you used your one freebie, if you want to instantly travel there, you either have to go through the wreckage of Kang Port and find your way through the Mages Guild there, or start Nimbus 9001 all the way back. How long will that take? That'll take a good couple hours, probably. Because this is not an accurate distance as far as scale is concerned between um, these two. Like, like I said, I guess before we do, is there anything else that we can do before we go to kind of help shore things up here just a little bit more? At this point, the uh, Mana Storm will have almost reached permanence. The half of the Divinity's Island, all of this, and most of the continent here is completely enveloped, and in fact, it's probably knocking on Port City's door right now. So knowing that, that is all, that is probably taken uh, uh, the, the Port City, trying to fight through the Mana Storm to get there, well, even with six of us, will be a nightmare. I, I, I think will probably be a nightmare. You could hit one island if you wanted to, and then drop down. You could hit one of the islands, uh, either the southern tip of Divinity, the southern end here, the Desolation and Victory Point, End Point, and that would be about it. So you could hit anything basically below this the King Island's logo here. Uh, you could hit one more time, uh, and then you could just drop down a little bit further south and loop around if you wanted to. Otherwise, you can skirt across right now, uh, go basically right past Atmos in the Float Isles, and hit Port City. You could probably, even if you wanted to, hit Atmos and take the Mage's Guild to from Atmos to Port City and save yourself. Why is that might be the safest thing? In my, that's, of course, that's just my opinion. I actually don't know anything about this place. <laughs> this magic isn't actually magic, it's technology. Exactly, you all don't know. Technology. All right, so for things that you could possibly complete before you left, 
you could investigate Endpoint Mountain. Uh, Divinity's Island, you already got the... Wait, 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 no. Uh, there was not a secret for Divinity Island because it's you get Pokemon, you don't even need more <laughs> bonuses for that. Um, you could hit Desolation of Kang, um, and you could finish clearing that, or um, finish searching that, uh, or you could investigate um, the... In- okay, so you can investigate Endpoint, you can investigate... Uh, the Lost Islands, or you can hit Victory Point or the Desolation one more time. Are there any of those that you want to do before you head back? I want to leave it to the people who weren't here for the... Yes, yeah. uh, Virgil Hope, is there any missions on that PDF file that you would like to do? Um, you would basically be, if you searched, you would be looking for anything that could help against the fight uh, against... Um, the man of storm encroaching and all this kind of apocalyptic stuff that's happening. You could basically zoom over the top of the desolation of Kang, which is this jawbone-shaped um, place, or you could go to Endpoint Mountain, which is basically a giant mage's mountain that exploded in a burst of magic, or you could search this southern island of the Lost Forest for any possible advantages that it may bring. Or you guys can rock it over and head straight back to Port City, report your objectives that you have completed, and see where to go from here. Uh, <clears throat> I'm fine with any of them. Uh, you guys know more of what's happened than we do, so I'll base off what you guys think. The only thing, Virgil, that may draw your your attention a little bit is in Victory Point, where Kangor is still tied down... Like, that is something the smiths there use his bones to make potent, terrible weapons. Um, and the desolation of Kang itself is literally nothing but a giant continent of ruins and defeated armies and magical craziness. There is uh, loot and, and, and treasures abound here if you spend the time to sift through the ash and dirt to find them. So that would be the only thing that you would know about is many, many dwarves of Tolanarth and all the dwarven kingdoms would have fought here and hundreds of their lives would have been lost. Other than that, you wouldn't know much about the Lost Forest or Endpoint Mountain other than a bunch of mages did stupid shit and blew themselves up. That's about right. That's his tradition. Alright, so any of those catch your eye or do you want to just head back to Port City? Uh, I think the mages... Or not the mages thing, uh... Looking for those magic items could be fun, but I don't want to risk the lives of allies for me being slightly greedy and wanting cool stuff. And it wouldn't just be you being greedy. It would also be recovering, you know, lost heirlooms for families of Tolanarth, um, uh, searching for uh, lost smithing uh, diagrams. Like, like it would be of use. What, what you find there isn't necessarily of use to you personally, but in the greater fight, it's something good. Okay, yeah, we could try and do that. Alright. So, you guys end up uh, rocketing from... Let's see, you guys were in permanence. You guys end up rocketing down towards uh, the desolation of Kang, and all of you are on the Nimbus Cloud, uh, which has expanded even further. Um, You had to kick the monkey kid off one more time, uh, trying to steal it again. And you uh, rocketed over here to the desolation of Kang. Uh, they would have pointed out uh, Magnus and Bob and 
Cherno, and Will, you were there for the battle with the laboratory, weren't you? Yes. Yeah, yeah. okay. So. so you guys would point out where that laboratory was, kind of in the middle, and you guys didn't do a whole lot of searching north of that. So while you're searching around, everybody go ahead and give me a perception check. Virgil, if you were looking for dwarf artifacty type things specifically, you would have a 15, 20, 16. Uh, 25. Alright, as you're zooming up to this north uh, part, uh, right where this kind of split is, uh, you notice that there is a very, very large siege type tank, is the only thing I can describe it as. It would be... a mobile transport unit that has a ballista on the top of it. It's reinforced with 100%. You can tell it's dwarven-made steel plates uh, that encapsulate this thing. This would be a siege engine of amazing dwarven uh, quality. It was, however, stomped to the point where uh, it is in pieces now, but you do see that large hulking remnant there. Interesting. I would make note of it. Um... But that's about it. Um, you tell everyone, would you want to go search it? Because you guys are currently flying on that cloud. Would you want to land and search it at all? Everybody uh, else we could look at it real quick. We would see it, but Virgil would be able to identify it. We could look at it real quick if you guys are willing to. So you guys land near it, and the first thing you notice is that um, the dwarves that were inside the siege machine didn't die right away. It was crushed and disabled. But they all then got out of this large tank-like device and looks like they attempted to do actual battle with Kangor at some point as um, many of the dwarves have, have strange magical, basically holes through their chest where it looks like some sort of magical effect was uh, repelled back at them. You see there are war hammers up to 150 feet in front of where their bodies lie where they were obviously tossed, but to no avail. Um, go ahead then and roll me a history check, Virgil. Uh, that's a 13. You recognize many of these clansmen as the clan that should not be named and not be spoken of. So this battle, and they all died before the big coup in Talonarth took place. Would you sift Interesting. through? Would you sift through the weapons and that kind of stuff to try and find? Anything of note, or would you just write down the claim? Yeah, I'd look through, see if I can't find anything to, like, any artifacts or anything that might be of value to somebody. All right, as you're sifting through, um, you find a strange hammer, and uh, you go to pick it up. It looks like it's in great condition for being out here for as many decades, basically, as it was. And when you pick it up, you feel almost a vibration from your sword at your hip. Interesting. Go ahead and roll me an Arcana, or I would probably let you use Smith Tools as well. Woohoo! That's a three. <laughs> it's really weird that this hammer would resonate with your your sword the way that it did. It, it's a really a strange parallel between the two. Uh, so that would probably be something that you would want to take back. I'm assuming. Yeah, I'll take. Are there any identifying markings on the hammer? Is it just a nice hammer? It has got the same clan markings as that that lost Kud clan. Because I don't think we ever identified the name of the clan, did we? Uh, no. I think I named them quick. Uh, 
That day we were talking about it, I just gotta find what paper I wrote that on. Obviously, it was not this one. Um, I think it was like Firebrand or Fire something. It was a Fire something. Yes, um, I remember what it is, and I will type it in once I find it, but I remember, yes, we did name it. It was Fire something or other. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and just say Firebrand for right now, and then we'll figure it out, um, after that. So, um, it, you identify it with the, that, that emblem on it of that uh, Firebrand clan, and uh, uh, it, it's 100% of their making. Okay. Uh, I would definitely keep the hammer, uh, just because it it's curiosity, but also some history to it. Alright, and then I'm sure you're going to be cataloging the numbers of the Fallen and whatnot. Yeah, are there any, like, because I guess I don't know, uh, like, do they have any, like, dog tags or them because one thing i was thinking about is like a lot of the dwarves have like tattoos or because how old are these there's no like skin or anything left on these people up there yeah decades old this was before the coup took place in uh Tolinar. okay okay so <laughs> never mind that really tattoos off of their off of their bodies well that's that one of the things like having tattoos for like clan and what your job or middle and stuff like that or like also on the beards like what ornaments you have to like tie your beards together or, uh, have like clan schools and stuff like that so I wasn't sure if there was any identifying markings on these people for who they were just more than just clan yeah I would say that you'd be able to find ranking markers either on their armor or you know where their beards would have been um, that kind of thing. You would be able to find enough identifying markers to at least get the ranks and uh, clan position uh, of who they were. Okay. Alright, so while you're doing that, everybody else, go ahead and what would you be looking around here? Virgil's very obviously tied up in the, the people that are here. You see this, this very sophisticated looking siege type tank that is something that you would expect to find in a world that is constantly under bombardment from like small space rock bits and stuff very highly advanced for this everything that you've seen so far i'm gonna go take a pc gander all right go ahead and roll me an investigation check or your tech type arcana equivalent six a six you feel that while this is definitely steel type plates you don't think that the metal, at least judging from the quality of the metal that you've seen around you, you don't think that the metal that was used in this is originating from this world necessarily. You think that some of these came from either space meteor type rocks or from maybe some repurposed technology that they found here. This quality of steel they should not be capable of creating here. Um, does it give me any similar vibes to the Magitech nonsense that we dealt with earlier. A little bit? That was really sophisticated. That was technologically above their learning limit. They should not have been able to craft those kind of connections, whereas this is more of the brute strength side of it. So it is also above them, but mostly, like, the only way to get a forge that hot is they would have to have flames that could melt. You know, th this is like full kiln industrial setup type melting operation. You could not get steel hot enough to, to forge this. Um, I'm going to go kind of take a walk around it and look for a way in. Alright, yeah, the whole thing is basically, it looks like the terrace did one of these sandwiched it, so the doors are busted out on the sides, and there's all sorts of ways to get inside. Poke around inside. Alright, you start poking around inside, and you see that there appeared to have been, right in the center of it, a strange containment type 
um, I don't want to say jar, because that's that's really primitive for it, but there's a containment type thing in the center of it, where it looks like a small combustion style, maybe even a steam boiler style apparatus was in there, but you have no idea what would be about two foot tall and about two and a half feet wide that would fit inside this little cylinder that would power it. Because you don't see any cables, you don't see anything, you just see like a, a primitive boiler above the top of this, like there was a fire in there. Does it look like it was torn out after the fact or as a result of the whatever squashed it? Yeah, it looks like the result of the squishing mushed everything around enough that whatever this containment cell was shattered and broke apart. And you also notice that there's lots of scorch marks like directly combed in front of where that was. Hmm. I almost called them the fire bottoms. <laughs> the, the fire brands. Uh, Virgil, you would know, uh, yeah, I know, because Bronze Bottom or whatever, but, um, your Bronze Beer, but I'm thinking of, uh, Acquisitions Incorporated. Virgil, you would know that the fire brands typically were able to harness fire elementals to help power their forges. That was part of the reason why they got their name that way. And you would see, okay. you would see that this tall, spear-wielding individual that is about the same height as, uh, Klein, but much more martial in nature, is really checking out that, uh, that power where the fire elements would have been to power this. Uh, alright. I would approach him in, uh, uh, rumor, and notice him, uh, really looking at it, and, uh, just, rumor has it that, uh, the clan that made these used fire elementals, uh, as a source of power. Uh, my guess is that might be where a fire el- elemental was at one point. Let's ask how long do fire elementals live? Yeah. Virgil, since you aren't a member of that clan and the Bronzebeards don't usually use fire elementals for their forges, go ahead and roll me either a history or arcana check. Uh, history, because that's way better than my arcana. Um, that's 17. You would have read that typically if fire elementals aren't exposed to raw elemental fire, so a place of elemental fire, which isn't that hard to find in the fire idols, uh, usually if they are not within some sort of containment type thing, they don't usually last more than a few weeks uh, as they slowly dwindle down into a little um, house castle style little fireball. Okay. Uh, I would give that information to him. Basically what you're telling me is they used living fire as a fuel source for this thing to go stomping across the landscape? Yeah. Essentially. It's not the weirdest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> you keep saying that. <laughs> it's good to have Will back to have that commentary. We, we had to make up for it. It wasn't working very well. Gotcha. All right. Um, I guess I, I really feel like this contraption would be a phenomenal tool if one could conceivably do it. But I have no idea what it would take to get this thing up and running again. Yeah. And Virgil, we can go ahead and add this into the lore since we didn't really put a reason why the coup happened. We can say that it was their mastery over these fire elementals and their their ability to forge steel harder than any other material, you know, to really refine what they were doing. Uh, that was part of the reason that it led to the coup, um, was because of how advanced they were growing because they were controlling these fire elementals. 
Oh, by the way, you would have heard something about fire elementals being contained in power steam powered siege engines. Yeah, I'm not sure how a fire gymnasium would feel about that. Especially one that has Imix as one of his. Did we? No, Imix is still in the bar. Yeah, that's right. Alright. Uh, you would notice, Scramble, that uh, there are lots of little shiny things in the, in the dirt and whatnot that definitely look like they might fetch a few coins. Can I investigate? Go ahead. Perception or investigation, whichever you want. Uh, perception is a 17. Alright. Further out, uh, amongst the, uh, uh, outside of where the general bodies are, uh, you see that there was once, a, it looked like a caravan, some sort of supply wagon that was there, and within it there are all sorts of little shiny click clackies and all sorts of very interesting looking items out there. Go ahead and roll me a d20. A 12. A 12. Yeah. There are, I'm just going to go ahead and say that there are 12 gold pieces worth of strange gold rings, of shiny gems, of that kind of stuff, hidden within this, this caravan. Okay. While they are all pouring over the steam engine, you don't even have to tell them. You're just like, hey, they ain't watching. Hope. Your character, um, having seen all of this death and destruction, the fact that this land is 100% dead dead, no life whatsoever, nothing but ash and dirt, it is a very, very unbalanced place in the whole life and death type scale. And so you would be very thrown off by all of this. But you do notice that um, adorning this large siege engine type tank is one of the deities of balance, but it's more of a dwarven deity of balancing war and and work and you know putting that in equilibrium. And and it would be a symbol that you would not have seen within Port City itself, as the dwarves are not like a really super rare race, but it is very rare to find dwarves in Port City. Would you try to recover this holy artifact? Yeah. Alright, go ahead and roll me a religion check as you try to figure out how to remove the symbol from the thing itself. That's a four. A four. As you are trying to figure out how this all comes apart, due to its degradation or its its extremely damaged state, uh, you can uh, you you try to remove it, but you find that you are going to be one hundred percent unable to remove it without breaking it one without breaking it into pieces. Would you then want to either get some help with it, or do you want to try and sketch it out or commit it to memory so that you can take it back to your temple? I'd probably sketch it out first and then uh, ask for help trying to recover it. Alright, if one person wants to help a sister because of how it is placed, it's going to be too difficult to get two sets of hands, or more than two sets of hands in there. So if one person wants to assist, um, roll a, uh, let's see, I will give you any kind of dexterity check or athletics check, and then whichever hope does, or whichever one you choose, hope does the other. Um, which are you better at? Strong um, or strong or agile? 
Wait, no. Uh, Strong. I say, I'll, I'll, I'll take, I'll take the, uh, the the dex the dexterous side of things. I just remember she has terrible dex stat. Okay, <laughs> go ahead then, and both of you roll, and we'll see what happens. That twenty. A nat twenty. So that is um, a. Yeah, it's as just a straight dex check. That's twenty three. Okay, hope. What did you get? Nineteen. A nineteen. Uh, oh, wow, that's actually very significant as well. So uh, after Klein got to looking at it, he noticed that there was a couple of latches that he flipped up. Yes, but not Klein's Klein. Latches latches sore. I keep doing that. Magnus, <laughs> you go up there and you notice that there's some some pretty complicated latches, and you're able to flip them off, and then hope it, while you're holding those latches back because they're spring loaded, hope is able to grab it and pull the holy symbol off of the uh, tank itself. So hope you would now gain that. So everybody has now kind of completed their duties. Virgil, you've got a list of all the stuff that's going on. Everybody gets one point with their guild. You guys that don't have guilds, you can use them kind of as a universal thing. There's a list of universal traits um, that I'll post up uh, in the guild deal um, that anybody can use. So you all have this one type favor point that you're able to use. Uh, And you guys also uh, identified the dead, which is the Desolation of King Discovery number two. So, because of that, you all got the favor point, and you guys gained one additional source point. So, everybody is up to 24 source points. Thank you for covering your 11 for a while. (laughs) No, you're fine. I am totally exhausted as well, and understand entirely. If it was not for the coffee and the 20... (laughs) I'm about to cream pie myself. (laughs) Lude! One moment. Lude! I got this. (laughs) Uh... Yeah. Alright, doing my best. So then you guys are able to jump back onto the Nimbus 9001, and you start... I know, we're going to stick with that name. It is going to become a magic statted item in the game. Um, the over 9000 Nimbus clouds. Exactly. And it has just the special characteristic that every once in a while, you just have to be able Kick a monkey Kick a monkey, kick a little monkey boy off of it. Exactly. But every time you kick him, you see that his hair stands up a little bit more and more, and it seems to be bleaching out each time. Um, so you rock it off, I know. You rock it off every then. Every defeat, gets stronger. Exactly. I cannot wait till the battle over Nimbus and over 9,000. <laughs> you guys rock it off from the Desolation of Kang, and you speed past the Lost Forest, and uh, you go down through the Frozen Cap, because at this point the Mana Storm will have uh, pretty much enveloped all of Atmos, or all of the Float Isles, and you rock it around, and finally make it to Port City. At this point... What's that? No one's managing this mana. Nope, not at all. You're welcome. <laughs> so you all, you've managed to land uh, in Port City itself, and once again you enter in through the Mages Guild, I'm assuming, to report the duties. <laughs> in, in conjunction with that, I'm going to go see if um, a, a rather tall gray man has come back. Okay. I, I don't know whether or not he would be, but if he is back, he is about to get a... a Glaive half up to upside of the head. Did they make a tall gray man named Slenderman show up? <laughs> you did not specify. <laughs> the super tall, lanky individual with a blank face wearing a suit comes around the corner. I wouldn't recognize him from Adam's house guy. Oh, that's right. Man. You don't have the you don't have the meta Klein does. So Klein would know Slenderman. But um I guess you rock it into the Mages Guild itself. It is still all that stop time gray, but you see that even though time was stopped. Several minutes have passed as that split in the portal crystal 
grows further and further apart. The voice of the tower is still doing that whole stream of magic. All the other mages around him are still streaming magic. And that chronomancer is getting pretty shaky. So we are getting very close to ending the stream uh, as far as hours are concerned in D&D time. So, um, Mission accomplished, sir! He, he's very shaky and he says, You guys have done a very good job. If you want to further, I can hold it a little bit longer while you jump through one of these portals. But I don't know how much longer I'll be able to hold this on. I'm looking at the portals. Arctis Tor is still closed up. Damn. Who is your portal home? Ooh, roll me a luck check. That is a 10. That is exactly 50%. You have a one in one shot. Flip a coin. Heads or, yeah, uh, I've got a coin right here. It's like I might even have a Canadian coin kicking around. Alright, heads, you find it, tails, you do not. Nope, it's not there. You see that there are a lot of worlds you kind of sort of recognize. Yeah, I know, it's hard to tell. Um, there are several worlds that you do see that you may have visited at some point, but you remember an adventuring group did jump into that portal that you came through. So they may not have returned yet. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, tell the chronomancer, I was like, I'm waiting for... I'm waiting for my pickup. I was like, um... I would say that there's somewhere I want to go, but it looks like that's not happening for a little bit. If you want to go home right now, you still have two more of those time devices I gave you. You could pull that party through the portal, bring your friend back, and return home with one of them. That is a very tempting offer. Even though I know that it can cause a massive paradox. It's still just above 50% chance of paradox, but you guys have rolled ridiculously high on a lot. You're, you're giving Magnus the chance to finally go home after years of wandering aimlessly. Just look at everybody. Just so you know, the spirit that I sense is tied to you will always give you a connection back here should you wish to return. I was asked to come here to do a job by a man that I have I, I met for all of three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Literally three seconds. <laughs> and whom I want to end right now more so than any other. But this is... I'll reach into my bag and grab one of the, the, the uh, crystals. You gave him the bag back? No, we used them all. Remember, you guys used every last one of those little shards. No, not, not, the, not the shards. Oh, the, oh, the timed things. Gotcha. Yeah. You gave him the bag back? Bob got tired of carrying it when he died. <laughs> that sounds like a coward's excuse. <laughs> I will, I'll, I'll hand the, the bag to Cherno. The sensible one in the party responsible for the lives of billions. Yeah, what were you thinking? <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> All right, he smashes it. Go ahead and roll me a percentile die. If it is less than 66, or if it's 66 or less, let me know. Really? It's four. <laughs> we'll be right back. Really? As this item gets crushed, three portals open up simultaneously. A portal going to your home world, ejects a group of very high-leveled individuals that look like they had the living hell beat out of them. <laughs> and they'll just 
Not the weirdest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> the second portal opens up, and the guy that you met for all of three seconds, completely frozen in chili, along with whoever went with him, gets rocketed out, and the screams of a very, very pissed-off summer lady come rocketing out after. Oh, wow. <laughs> Still not quite, but close. <laughs> a third portal opens up, and you see a mage in all sorts of robes carrying a staff, and he has one eye that is different from the other, and he shouts out, No! as doors boom open. Wait, so I'm, I'm currently two people right now. Mm-hmm. Does Klein see this happen? Klein sees this happen. Oh, fuck! <laughs> and all of a sudden... Let's see, there are one, two, three, four, five, six people in the room. Six. Well, there's more than six people, but you know what I mean. Six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Sorry, Bob. A shadow appears behind Bob, and he gets this feeling that he just can't shake, and he whips around, and there's now a shadow standing behind Bob. It's Peter Pan. Oh, you wish that was all that was. <laughs> and Bob starts freaking out because he knows exactly what the fuck this was, too. Is it the man who follows or something? Said. And then, and then Klein just gets a shaft of wood right across the jaw. <laughs> Two of the portals close, Arctis Tor and the other one that has yet to be named. And just the one remains open as Klein thumps to the ground with a big old lump on the side of his head. And Magnus just... Looks over his shoulder, looks down at at, at, at Klein's limp form, says, "Never call me again." <laughs> and walks you through never the portal. You never who this? And walks through the portal. It closes behind him, and this is one of the very first times that you have ever heard him say. As I'm walking through, I'll look at I'll just you. Know, Thinking about you know seeing the guy with the, the, the mismatched eyes and the giant doors. That might be the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And foo! <laughs> the portal closes behind him. Nice. I don't believe you. <laughs> now Klein is currently on the ground with a big old goose lump on his head, and he looks up and sees the shadow following Bob around, and Bob is freaking out at this point. And the chronomancer says, I don't know how much longer I can hold this. Something got through something that shouldn't be like, here. Bob, that was the gatekeeper. Yeah, I know. That's one. He who walks behind. Bob, that was the gatekeeper. He who walks behind is walking behind me. I don't even walk behind them. Paradox. World ending. <laughs> he who walks behind the behind water. Okay. He who crowds you in the checkout line because they have no personal space. Charles is going to follow the shadow. <laughs> yeah. It's just like. Clyde was holding, like, looked down in his hands, but. What did I do? In that moment of context, this is the first big bad evil that is officially entering into the world is straight from the Dresden Files, The Outsider. So anybody that has not read the Dresden Files and knows nothing about it, check it out. It is an amazing book series, and The Outsiders are some of the most eldritchy, nonsensical creatures that all follow a specific rule 
that they cannot break. But the eldritch, ridiculous horror of these creatures is just mind-blowing. Uh, so the check eldritch horrors I don't hate. So with that, uh, what would you guys like to do from here? We are approaching the point in the stream where um, we can sit and chat for a little while, or we can try and take on another quick quest. I don't know what everybody would like to do. Um, I think my brain can handle another quick quest. <laughs> that's kind of what I'm thinking too. Math is becoming hard, and I'm rambling and not quite sure what's going on. I can DM a bit more Pokemon. If you want to do a bit more Pokemon, I you can do that. Otherwise, we gotta keep it simple. I, for me, anyways, I don't know how everyone else is doing. Clint, we'll talk to you about the starter later. <laughs> yeah, because right now we are officially three hours and thirty-two minutes away from when we're supposed to shut down. Twenty-five hour mark. Yeah. So thank you guys very, very much. This has been an amazing game, style game for what was actually here, and we are definitely going to continue to work on doing this kind of a stream again at some point. Honestly, I would love to see a rotation type deal where like 12 hours and 12 hours or like an 8 and 8 and 8, something like that to break it up a little bit, and that's something that we can work towards. So thank you guys, everybody that has donated and taken part in Perks. Um, Are we giving up then a little bit early? Huh? Are we giving up a little bit early? Giving up the game portion a little bit early. Uh, We can chat for a while if you guys want to, but I think about 15, 20 minutes and my brain is going to shut down, shut down. So we made it. Technically, we were supposed to start at noon, and we were working on getting the feed set up at noon. We just didn't actually get the feed going until 1. So we made it 21-22 of the 24 hours, which is very respectable. Yeah, three and a half hours left would mean we hit 20 points. Well, you have to remember we also went back an hour. Yeah, so. Yeah, so 21.5 hours? Something like that, yeah. Which is further than we made it last year. Yeah. Well, and like I said, we spent a full hour trying to get the damn stream to work because that stupid monitor, I could not get powered up to save my life. And then we had the issue with the background not showing up and stuff yeah. because we didn't have it downloaded, which I should have thought of. Didn't end up downloading it, just some places it worked and some places it yeah. didn't. So realistically, we've been at this for about 22 and a half hours, streaming for 21 of it. So thank you guys very, very much for all that you guys have done with this. This has been amazing. So guys, what should we do for next year on a stream? Something different that we have not done yet. Any thoughts or ideas on our very sleep-deprived brains? I have a couple. I did pick up the um, Humblewood. Yes! So there's all the cute little critters. Yep. Forest critters. And... But... By this time next year, we will have the new Kingdom Monolith. We will! So between Humblewood and Numenera and whatever the hell we're doing with this crazy fest, we could have some seriously, in the Pokemon thing, we could have some seriously crazy stuff going on. Pokemon we could have like those 24 hours pretty easily. Uh, yeah, I'd say we, we could have like concurrent streams. As long as we don't cross the streams, that's all that matters. <laughs> Sorry, I'm already closed my eyes. <laughs> I can't play. I don't have access to that. Uh, oh god, remote. Oh. oh yeah, we will definitely be working on that because I know we're we're doing the. Uh, oh, once again, if you guys want to learn more, check out our website www.theadventuringguild.com. Uh, um, you can find all the links there for all of the pages and all of the stuff. 
Um, we are also currently working on, which we don't have a link for, um, but we are working on a compendium of curious subclasses. And uh, with this, we are going to hopefully step into the world of publishing uh, homebrew material. Because we do do the homebrew review, obviously. And uh, it's the best way that we can think of to really bring our ideas on some amazing homebrew to everyone. So thank you guys very, very much once again for donating those that have. We are going to go ahead and end the screen here. So thank you guys very, very much, those who have joined. Thank you, Open Virgil, for joining for the hour and so that you did. So Yes, I couldn't be on longer. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, everybody. Yep. Alright, bye-bye! Bye! It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. You always say that! Thank you for listening to this episode of The Chaos Plan. If you would like to join the game and support the podcast, visit our Patreon account at patreon.com slash adventuringguild, and there you can pledge to either become a sponsor or a player, or both if you like. So thank you all very, very much for listening, and we hope you join us again next week.